Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Today is Ash Wednesday, the day when millions of Christians around the world, particularly Catholics, uh, will receive a cross of ashes on their forehead. Uh, we wanted to look at what this is and what this actually means. We're really pleased to be joined on the program today by Father Samuel Dinsdale. He's a pastor at Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church in Sandy. Uh, Father Dinsdale, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. This is a busy day for for uh, Catholics and priests out there. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. And uh, for those who are less familiar with Ash Wednesday, I think a, a number of people watching uh, President Biden today noticed a smudge on on his forehead, and many thought, "What what does that mean? What is that about?" So, give us a little bit of the uh, symbolism in terms of of the ashes and Ash Wednesday, what it is, and why it matters. Okay, well, this is probably one of the more favorite uh, Catholic holidays for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. Um, And, you know, it's not Christmas or Easter, but it's uh, one of the times um, when people are really drawn to the church. Um, On Sunday, the Sunday before Ash Wednesday, I always tell people they do not have to come on Ash Wednesday. It's not a holiday of obligation. It's not required for Catholics to come but it is, is definitely a favorite, and people do come, and they love it. And so what it is, is Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent, and Lent is a season, a 40-day season, um, in preparation uh, for Easter. And what many people do, even non-Catholics will do, is during the time of Lent, they will either do something special, or they'll give something up, and it could be spiritually spiritually related, or it could be just something someone wants to do, maybe like go to the gym more often, um, lose a few pounds, what have you. But the the point of it is, is really um, for people to um, reexamine their lives and to um, develop their spiritual life with God and, and uh, one another. So it's a great opportunity. And uh and for people, you know, uh, sometimes want an excuse to be good, and this is a good uh, impetus for people to um, kind of 
uh, do something extra, yeah. uh, either with a relationship with God or relationship with other people. Yeah, I think that's so. Um, I think that's so important, and, and I I love the fact that you said this is something that people are just drawn to. We live in a society that often is telling us to do whatever you want, to no guilt, no shame, be your own truth. All you know, all of those kinds of things, and yet uh, a day like Ash Wednesday is this. There is this compelling pull to to do better or to be better or to to give something up or to show some discipline or to reconnect with God. Uh, Tell us how you're seeing that, uh, especially coming out of really two challenging years as it relates to the pandemic. That's true, um, because we went into the pandemic right, uh, well, during the season of Lent. I remember that, um, and that was... Uh, you know, the celebration of Easter was completely different. But um, there are two things that are said when the person receives ashes. Um, and the priest or the giver, the person who gives the ashes on the forehead, uh, has their choice. Uh, the one that's more traditional, supposedly, is remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The other one is repent and believe in the gospel. Um, as Christians, we understand repent means to change your mind. So when Jesus says in the Gospels, repent, he's saying, look at things a different way. Look at things from this new perspective. And of course, he would always give us a a wonderful parable, so a story to reorient us and see things from a whole um, new perspective. Um, There are three things that are encouraged during the time of Lent, and that is uh, fasting. So today, Catholics are, if they can, uh, strongly encouraged to eat less and not to eat meat um, as a sign of, you know, or an exercise of their dependence upon God. Um, And then prayer um, to increase uh, time for prayer. Um, each day, um, and then also almsgiving to look at, especially as people are doing their taxes and probably looking at their finances, what have you say, well, how much do I give to not only to a church I belong to, but also just organizations that I think make the world a better place, mm. whether that is um, the Humane Society or, um, you know, any other charitable organization where I say, well, if I support this, the world is a better place. So those are the three areas uh, that we ask people to examine. So yeah. fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. Yeah, and I think, in a, again, in a, an era and a time uh, where I think as we do become a, a little more humble, a little more aware of what's going on around us, uh, and I think in particular, it's been really interesting. We've we've talked, obviously, a lot uh, about what's happening in Ukraine, and, and Ukraine is just such a faith-filled land, um, believers of, of all kinds. And uh, I've actually made the case that I, I think what uh, someone like a Vladimir Putin or uh, a, an authoritarian, what they fear the most is faith and freedom, uh, that those two things mm. coming together uh, never end well for uh, for dictators. Uh, but as you looked at it, as you looked at it, especially rolling into Ash Wednesday and the preparation uh, for the next several weeks as, as you move towards Easter, uh, what is it that people have been coming and, and have people been impacted really by the faith of those in Ukraine uh, and uh, so many prayers, so many fasts being called for for peace? 
Yes, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, Pope Francis in particular has asked all Catholics and all Christians, of course, or all people of goodwill today um, to fast with that intention, to fast for peace in the Ukraine. And it is, it is so unfortunate. You mentioned Vladimir Putin. He is a baptized Russian Orthodox person. Um, so it's just tragic that there is, and, and I can't speak to it because I don't know it very well, but there is that acrimony between the Russian Orthodox and the Ukrainian Orthodox churches. Um, so that, that's definitely part of it. But also just the fact that, you know, Vladimir Putin, you know, uh, opposed to previous leaders in, uh, in that area, um, you know, Vladimir Putin, he's a Christian. You see pictures of him going, attending Christmas and Easter uh, uh, masses or, or uh, liturgical celebrations. Uh, so it's unfortunate that we really don't see, uh, well, it's, we, we, I, I don't understand how someone who could be a, a professed Christian and who loves the loves his church could do what he's doing. So we really need to pray for him yeah. that he has a conversion and and to repent and see things differently. Uh, I, I appreciate that perspective, and I, I think it is true that while you look at those uh, two countries that, uh, uh, of course, are currently divided by war, but I think the people of both Ukraine and Russia are united by faith, uh, and that this is an opportunity. And and my hope. Uh, as you have said, uh, Father Dinsdale, that uh, that we do unite in prayer. I, I, I can just um, I can visualize it. I can see it uh, that the faithful in Ukraine and those in Russia that are uh, they're actually coming together, uh, especially on this Ash Wednesday, uh, in that spirit of humility, in that spirit of prayer and fasting. Uh, and I think in the end, it may just be those people of faith in those two countries that uh, win out and actually lead out in terms of peace and the in the future in that reason uh, region. Uh, Father Samuel Dinsdale again is the pastor at Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church in Sandy. Father, I know this is a very busy season and a busy day for you. We appreciate you carving out some time and sharing some thoughts about Ash Wednesday uh, and what this means in terms of uh, those of the Catholic faith and other Christian faiths and uh, how all of us should be uh, looking forward uh, to Easter. Father, th- thank you so much again for joining us today. You're welcome. Welcome. Happy Lent. All right. We'll step aside for one last commercial break. We'll round it out. Final thoughts coming up next on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.